Welcome to the Screamcast, episode 146. I am Sean DeRager, and with me is Stephanie Crawford. Hello. Also joining us, I guess, is Brad Henderson. Hey, Brad. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) I'm having a great time. (laughs) And uh, today's guest with us on uh, this podcast is Jordy Serkin. Jordy, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Jordy, if you can please let us all, including myself, know uh, why Brad deemed you worthy of joining this shit show uh, that is the Screamcast. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I have a site called Jordy Reviews It, and I watch a lot of horror and thrillers, and I just write a bunch of reviews on them in my spare time. Very nice. Brad, how do you discover her? Um, I remember because someone retweeted her boy review, and mm. I, I disagreed with her, but I didn't say anything, <laughs> but I just kept following her and, and reading her stuff. And then when I eventually uh, put out the, you know, having ladies on the show, um, uh we um she she i believe she reached out and then you know then it just went from there so yeah i mean is that the eventful story you wanted yeah yes what a vivid picture you've just painted <laughs> you, you're you're welcome i told you it was going to be a good one uh-huh well t- today I on the podcast you. we will be doing what's on your doorstep and then we'll, we'll be jumping into a couple releases from Mondo Macabro. Uh, we'll be talking about The Fox with a Velvet Tail, as well as Spider, a film by, by Vasily Moss, not related to Dick Moss. You mentioned Dick Moss pretty much every show. I know, sorry. Uh, so let's, uh, let's go ahead and jump into uh, What's on Your Doorstep. Holy cow, I almost forgot. We'll get the door. Pizza. (laughs) Well, shit, I didn't know we're doing that. We try to do this every podcast. I was not planning on it. Um, I do that because if if I let you prepare, you'll like go through 20 movies that you've been watching. All right, I got 35. Are you ready? A two hour (laughs) segment of What's on Your Doorstep. All right, I'll go first. (laughs) Um, And that way, Jordy can kind of get a. a, a, Because I didn't prepare her for that either. So, um, so unpreparedness. You know, it's just what we've been what we've been watching. Just that. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So, um, first up, The Barn is on Blu-ray. So I suggest uh, pick that up. It's a very fun movie. I've been pimping that movie out for uh, I don't know, about a year and a half so pick it up um, I, I I mentioned this I haven't actually publicly said it yet so I, I last week I watched what what I want to say one of the best movies I've seen this year it's gonna be in my top 10 for sure um, I have no idea who this lady is uh, but I, I looked up her filmography and she's in a lot of TV she's in like a new girl and shit like that. Um, but she, she's written and directed a couple of movies, um, but her name's Zoe Lister Jones. So you may be familiar with her. She has this movie called Band-Aid with, uh, Adam Pally, 
played that dude from SNL. Uh, Fred, is it Fred Armisen? Armistan? How do you say his last name? Armisen, yeah. Yeah, yeah Armisen. So it's a movie called Band-Aid. You got any of you guys see it yet? No. All right, so it's about a couple who is uh, on the rocks having some hard times just, you know, dealing with, you know, relationship, money, everything that couples, uh, you know, are working through. But they fight a lot. Like, they're kind of on the edge uh, all the time, and, you know, it's getting pretty bad. So um, the wife has an idea, since they kind of both played in bands when they were younger, that they were going to start a band about their fights, um, so they call themselves the Dirty Dishes, and um, they their songs are their fights that they have. Um, it's very cute. Um, it's extremely funny. Um, Zoe Lister Jones wrote and directed it. She and she stars in it. She is fantastic. She's definitely like on my radar. Got to track down everything this this lady does. Um, but uh, yeah, it's called Band Aid. I highly suggest you check it out. Um, it's a great date movie, and it's also just a really fun movie to watch by yourself. So it's like you know, you and the wife want to you know curl up or you know whatever. I highly suggest it. Um, so next up was uh, got around to seeing Creep Two, um, which I was really really stoked about um, seeing. Um, I'm a huge fan of Creep. I love uh, Mark Duplass, but I, I'm kind of on the fence with Creep too. I thought it was okay. So, but I, I think I'm in the minority already because I just people I just keep seeing people say it's better than the the, the first one. So maybe I'm just uh, not with the times. Um, next up was uh, Wish Upon. <laughs> um i didn't hate this movie at all um i actually wasn't bored which with a lot with uh i'm just putting these on the poster as he says (laughs) i wasn't bored brad with yeah well you know hey that's a lot that's a lot coming for me with something mainstream in the horror world like pretty much every big mainstream horror film that comes out they're just i i find them dull um i just find them you know i i get bored you know they might start off strong and then they just end up you know a fucking catastrophe or we have something like bye bye man that pops up that's just <laughs> absolutely fucking, oh that was terrible you know, so, um, but I, 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 I wasn't bored. I felt that, you know, the film held my interest. Uh, it's really weird seeing Ryan Felipe as a dad. Um, so that's bizarre. Oh, but, um, you know, it's fine. It serves its purpose. It's not scary. Um, it's, it's a very teen horror film, but, uh, it does kind of push death scenes a little bit, but for the most part, it's PG-13. It's just there. But I wasn't bored. I suggest checking it out eventually. Um, next up, I watched uh, It Stains the Sand Red, which was a unique zombie apocalypse, uh, apocalypse film. It's about a woman who is trapped in the desert, um, and she's being and she has nothing with her to fight. But she is being uh, chased by a zombie, and it's just one zombie. Um, and it's very unique storytelling because there is a story arc with the zombie, with the girl, 
um, you know, because she can't do anything to defend herself, but this zombie just keeps chasing her. Um, of course, he's slow and she can get, but she can't slow down either, and she's in the desert, so she can't sleep. Um, it's a very unique story, I think. I, it may not be for everybody, but it definitely, it definitely puts itself on the map because it's so different. Um, what could be boring, it's not. You know, because they did relatively. If you gave that plot to me out of the blue, I probably, you know, I don't know how I'd feel about watching the movie. I didn't know what it was about. I just popped it in and was uh, pleasantly surprised. You could put that on the poster. So, um, <laughs> next up was uh, I checked out Bone Jangles. Um, this was a really a, a big doozy. There's another one, man. I'm very quotable tonight. Um, <laughs> It's so Bone, <laughs> Bone Jangles right. is a slasher, um, but also gets into another mix of a, a story about a town that's overrun by creatures at a certain um, day of the year. And it's kind of like that Freddy versus Jason mix where they try to get both to get – they basically try to get Bone Jangles to go to this town – so he can kill this witch um, that's making this curse happen uh, where these people turn into zombies and shit like that. It's, it's bloody. It's fun. If you're into a kind of a, you know, a goofy horror film, check it out. Um, I don't know. That, that might be, uh, that might be it for me. I've been doing a lot too much uh, programming for the Florida film festival. So all the other, <laughs> Hundred movies I've seen, I can't, I can't speak about. So, well, it's funny because you say like I've been doing all this stuff. I know I only watched twenty films, and I'm like <laughs> I've been doing all this stuff. I watched maybe like one in the past two weeks. Our oh, dude, so different, Brad. Dude, programming is <laughs> like I tell you what, it, you know it, it. When you see a good movie, though, uh, when you watch like fifty. Like fifty terrible ones. That one movie that's good though. Oh my god, it's the best movie in the world. Amazing. But yeah, it's. I mean, there's some good shit coming out eventually here. So. Right on. Who wants to go next? Jordy, would you like to go next? What have you? Uh, what's on your doorstep? Sure. What have you been watching? Um. So I actually found a couple things on Netflix. I watched uh, Boys in the Trees, which is not really like a horror movie per se. Um, it's kind of more of just like a kind of um, an adolescent tale. Um, it's about a guy. He is kind of a bully. Uh, he's with like a gang of friends and they're running all over their little town in Australia wreaking havoc kind of on Halloween night and he runs into an old friend and they kind of go through this journey through their childhood and everything's kind of told um, in a way of ghost stories. So like the bullies are manifested as werewolves and it was kind of an interesting movie. It wasn't really scary at all, but I thought it was kind of a nice whimsical little journey. It kind of reminded me of something that would be on like 13 what is it? 13 nights of Halloween, <laughs> like on free form or whatever, like back in the day, it kind of reminded me of that a little bit, but it was cute. And, um, I thought the cinematography was really good and it had a really cool, like day of the dead sequence. 
I was really liking. Um, and then I also watched Gerald's Game. Did anybody else watch that? Mm-hmm. Not yet. It was okay. Like, I liked it for the most part, but I didn't really like the ending of it. Yeah, that's where they tripped up. It was really tight until then. Yeah, like, I thought it was really cool. And um, I liked that boogeyman character a lot. But, yeah, the ending just kind of took it to a different direction than I thought it was going to go. So that wasn't anything that crazy. But it was good for a Stephen King-like film. I feel like there's a kind of hit or miss sometimes. Although it, I liked it a lot, but I don't know. It was interesting. A resurgence a little bit with actual like decent adaptations. Uh, But I mean, I've I've liked most of his adaptations. I don't know. Maybe I messed up, but uh, no, I like Jail's Game. Isn't there another one like 1922 with Thomas Jane? Is that another Stephen King adaptation? Um. So I mean, all for it. I mean, just. I mean, I, I own Dreamcatcher, so I'm like, I'm I, either I'm a apologist or I fucking dig would. stuff, no matter what. Dreamcatcher is flawed, but uh, it's batshit enough for me to you just think? love it. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> I'll uh, always give them a try. Might as well. No, I, yeah, I, I, well, you know, Gerald's Game and 1922 both played at Fantastic Fest, and they both went over very well with the crowd, so, um, something, something must be all right with them. Cool. Um, and yeah, and then I think the, the mainstream one that I saw was Happy Death Day, which was actually a lot more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, that that that's got some really really positive, uh, you know, reviews cu- coming out of it. So um, yeah, it's another one that seems like it's kind of an audience pleaser. Yeah, I don't know if my expectations were just low going into it, and then I just I wasn't thinking it was going to be anything more than kind of just a stupid PG thirteen kind of horror movie. But it was actually kind of funny, and I thought that. Um, all the different ways that she died, those were pretty fun. And it kind of took a good little twist at the end. And I thought it was pretty funny. And it seemed like the audience really enjoyed it, too. A lot of people were, like, yelling at the, you know, the screen and uh, laughing. And so it kind of was very reminiscent of those, like, 90s slasher films. And I'm a huge fan of those. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm an apologist for 90s horror in general. Yeah, me too. Very nice. Jordy, real quick, what was the first film you mentioned that you saw on Netflix? I want to jot it down. So that was Boys in the Trees. Okay. Boys in the Trees. Right. Yeah, that one kind of came out of nowhere too. Like it just it, one one day everybody was kind of talking about it. Yeah, I only oh. watched it because I really liked the cover photo. <laughs> like that's what kind of like caught my attention a little bit and I read the synopsis and like whatever I might as well give it a try and it was kind of not what I expected it to be um it was definitely more kind of like fantasy but I don't know I really really liked that one cool anything else no that's pretty much it I think awesome Stephanie yeah I actually had boys in the trees uh first for me as well 
Um, so I won't really get into it, but yeah, it's uh, not a straight horror. It's not setting out to horrify anyone. It's uh, more of a friendship coming of age tale with some dark elements to it. But if you're feeling kind of a sad nostalgia about Halloween, I, I think it's really good because it has all the imagery to it. But it's a little deeper. It's a little more reflective. And I definitely would recommend that one. And... Um, okay, so back in the day when Final Destination first came out, I went and saw it opening weekend. I got a poster for it. It was on my bedroom wall for years, and I was, like, obsessed with the first three. Like, oh, I watched them way too many times, and then for whatever reason, um, I fell off, and I never saw four or five. And you know, this Halloween season, I was kind of thinking about them, like, why the hell haven't I seen four and five? That's strange. So I finally saw four and five. Wow. Sorry for four. Wow. But But five five is so good. Yes. Okay. So four, um, it's fun enough. It's definitely the dumbest of the series. Um, but you get the basics, you know, you have your violent opening, um, I mean, it's fine. It's serviceable. It's definitely the worst one, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, five was great, though. And I'm not giving anything away if you're weird like me and you've been putting it off. But I, I didn't see the ending coming. And as a oh, nerd, I was great. like, yes! Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. I'm so glad I didn't know that was coming. Um, yeah, I think... I, I mentioned this to someone. They're They're so formulaic. But I think it's the best way to be formulaic. Just, because it's fun. It's like a like, meal you can depend on. Yeah, it knows yeah. exactly what it is. It's a slasher film deep down. And, you know, we're kind of rooting for uh, the killer in a way. Mm-hmm. And that killer, you know, it, it, I always thought that was a very odd thing. Because I didn't really catch that in the first movie. But by the second movie, I was like, holy shit, it's kind of fun. But, I mean, the third movie will always be, I think... Uh, the third movie will always be my favorite. Me too. Yeah. Well, it third, introduced me to my great. wife, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. So that's <laughs> a big reason. <laughs> but yeah, that one's great. And they brought back Tony Todd in five, which that's yeah. another reason why I think we're ring for death. He has Tony Todd as his hype man. So yeah. of course. But like five was just extremely inventive as mm-hmm. well. Like we're not going to do the same thing over again. We're going to kind of switch it up. And I thought that was incredibly unique uh to do yeah and it's still and it had a lot of nods to the earlier movies it still gave you what you want in a final destination but you're right it gave it mixed things up enough it was a lot of fun um let's see oh i finally saw after years and years and years rawhead rex <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Clive Barker fan, and when I first started getting into horror movies, I would order um, lots of Fangoria magazines off eBay and kind of uh, learn about the horror movies that came out when I was a kid and before I was born. And Rawhead Rex was talked about, like, this mysterious thing that everyone is trying to hunt down, like, the uncut version of. And, oh, wow, if only we could see the true version of it. I was like, Wow. What a fucked up title. It's Clive Barker and I can't wait. Um, So I finally saw it. Kino just released the Blu-ray. And you know how cat people 
they they didn't really have a big budget for the costumes. The costumes weren't that great, so they shot it in shadow, and that's kind of a big part of why it's so genius. Rawhead Rex is the opposite <laughs> of that. They say, all right, a skilled person made this, but it's pretty clunky. Let's put in full light again and again and again and again. <laughs> It's a, power, it's a Power Rangers villain. That's what it looks like. Yeah! You even see the glowing red eyes, like, click, 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 click. It's crazy. But it was fun. Um, it's a lot more pastoral British than I was expecting. Um, so I, I was... I, I try not to be snooty about anything, but I was rolling my eyes a little bit during it, but when it was over, I was like, that was a lot of fun. It wasn't remotely what I was expecting years and years ago, but I'm glad I finally saw it. It's funny because I'm coming into Rawhead Rex. I haven't watched it yet. It's it's on my stack, um, but I'm coming into it without – I'm just hearing the title, seeing the poster. I've never you know, been waiting years and years to finally see this. I'm just looking – coming into it as a goofy-ass monster movie, and I'm hoping it delivers on just some fun. So yeah. It's funny seeing because this has been one that has just been – all this build up, all these people searching years and years and paying hundreds of dollars for these VHS tapes and, you know, cla- uh, clamoring for the unrated cut or whatever. It's just, it's really funny to see the, uh, some of that dis- disappointment. It just makes me laugh. But I'm oh, excited about yeah. I mean, Kino, you know, Kino knew what they were doing. They really put together, uh, it looks like a fun package. So I'm excited to dive into it. Yeah, I haven't seen it since I was younger. Um, and I haven't bought the Blu-ray because I probably won't. Um, <laughs> it was like thousand dollars. Just, I was like, just, just leave yeah. it at that. Yeah. I'll probably sell my tape for, you know, maybe a hundy. But, uh, other than that, yeah, I really don't care about raw head rats. <laughs> uh, That's why we're here. Okay. Me, me and Rob Hunter will do a mini-sode on raw head Rex. How's that? That sounds Maybe we'll absolutely perfect if yes. I could not be a part of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you guys. It'll be great. Very okay. Nice. Can I just do one more very quickly? Sure. Yeah. Okay. It's called Shanks. Hmm. I'm mostly Shanks. looking at Brad here. Shanks. That sounds super familiar. Okay. So it was Willem Castle's last um, movie he directed. Oh, it's it. Oh, that's the um. Uh, what's his name? Marcel. Uh, Marcel Marceau, the famous mime. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. William Castle directing a famous mime reanimated bodies as puppets. Wow. Yeah, that movie is fucking <laughs> weird as shit. I was just reading about. I'm like, well, I'm getting this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's William Castle. Uh, you know, king of the gimmicks. And I think he saw Marcel Marceau as a living gimmick. Like, oh, I just pay for the actor and he comes with the gimmick. Um, I think most of the actors are professional mimes because they'd be like, hey, let's have a 10 minute sequence of a bunch of mimes pretending to be zombies or just reanimate. It's it's very unusual. And if that sounds remotely appealing to you, check it out. Please check it out. Yeah, I... William I Cass. haven't seen that in forever. That's what I got. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm trying to think where do, where do I where do I start? Okay. I I finally I haven't talked about Don't Breathe yet, have I? Oh, I love that movie. I, I finally watched Don't Breathe, 
and uh, I I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. Um, I didn't like the lead characters. Like I hated them. I, is that part of the point in this one? I think so. Like I loathe them. Like I wanted them all to just die earlier than you know, just early on, and then maybe we can just watch, you know. Uh, someone else come in, <laughs> you know, it's Stephen Lang. It know, just becomes a drama with Stephen Lang. Yeah. Just Stephen Lang stumbling <laughs> around the house would be amazing. But, um, but I, I like these directors though. They, uh, this, this he tries to adjust the blindness. Yeah. That's, that's a great, that's a great, <laughs> great drama. I mean, Brad, you sound like a monster, but yes, I would watch that. Absolutely. <laughs> that's funny. Um, but this came from the people who did the Evil Dead remake. I mean, I'm, I'm going to give them, you know, a little bit of a of, of a pass because I feel like um, it, it's well done, and you know, a lot of people loved it. But I, I finally caught up with it, and saw it, and you know, um, it's one of those things. I think expectations kind of playing into it, and um, but uh, but whatever. It's uh, you know, I finally watched it. It's uh, it's at it's at a price now. You can buy it for pretty cheap when you find it. So if if you've been kind of sitting on it and you know want to grab it, I would say. You know, give it a shot, but it it you know it didn't work for me unfortunately as much as I wanted it to. Next, I watched uh, Cult of Chucky. Oh yeah, I watched that too. Oh yeah, me too. I put that on the poster. Oh, I yeah. adore <laughs> the where this series has gone. I've always been a fan of you know of of these films of the Chucky films, and even when they went you know batshit with the what was it Bride of Chucky and stuff like that like you know i i enjoyed that it was just going there it's because the movie's about a killer doll like who cares like the, the first child's plays there and it's great and then it starts you know spinning 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 out of control into just kind of just some crazy territories i love that the last two films uh keep, like keep with all the continuity like they don't try to rewrite anything or retcon anything they, it's just like everything that previously happened happened all those characters are still part of the whole canon, and uh, Cult of Chucky uh, delivered on on in on all fronts for me as far as like just keeping it both like you know kind of struggles I think with um, um, tone I guess but I but I really really dug it I loved the uh, the cinematography of it because uh, it takes place in this kind of a not really as an asylum or just a or a treatment center, a psychiatric ward, I guess. But um, yeah, but yeah, super fun. I think last week, uh, last show, it's been talked about on the podcast before, I believe. But uh, I finally got caught up in. in no, I don't. I don't think we talked. Did no, I talk I, about I, it? I feel like I mm-hmm. talked to somebody about it, but I, I can't remember. Um. All right, moving along. You, I, you felt like you talked to somebody on the show about it, meaning myself, know. Steph, or BJ. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I don't know. Unless who knows. I don't know. Maybe I brought it up. I don't know. I I mean I I enjoyed it. I just wish the whole movie was like the last twenty minutes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I love the build. Let up, Fiona like, love... go. Like, how no, it's it's. I mean, it's fine. It's serviceable. But I mean, once like all the like all the once all the dolls come like are there like in the group that's when the movie totally shifts tone yeah. and it gets really fucking good but it doesn't last that long and yeah. i think that was kind of the i mean i enjoyed the movie for what it was worth it was better than seed but i mean that's about it i don't but know. I, I mean i enjoyed it 
It's yeah. fun. I mean, it, I, I just can't believe that this Fantastic. series is still going. And it's like, it's still like, it still has some more steam to it. Like, I'm excited to see another one now. I've never seen a Chucky movie. <laughs> I got chased by him when I was like five years old. I'm terrified of him. That's hilarious. My my daughter wants to start watching them, so <gasps> we'll probably start from start. From I the suggest the first movie for sure, and yeah. if that doesn't like, it's one of those. It's the same thing that they kind of did with Freddy, yeah. is where the first film, like there is that comical, like comic relief that Freddy does now and again, and then by like movie two, <laughs> it's just funny. Um, like the first child's play is pretty serious and in, in, in my eyes, I mean, yeah, it is adult killing people, but for it the most part, totally yeah, serious. it takes itself it's seriously. It's really straight. Yeah. Yeah. There's some really creepy moments in it, but then once they kind of get like, oh, it's a doll that comes to life and kills people. Yeah. Let's just make you a little more jokey. Oh. And also if you said that, make sure you're not watching that shit on Netflix because oh, if you watch yeah. that unrated version, there is that scene at the end that really, really is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which saved the movie even more for me. I was like, God damn it. Like, can we just have another movie, like, picking up right here and just <laughs> making it go shit? Because that's the thing is I was expecting a little, like, it felt like it went back to its roots, roots of being more serious. In this, uh, in also the psychological aspect to it, because like at times, like was Andy killing people or was it Chucky? Mm-hmm. You know that type of thing that made you think. It like it felt like a little bit more psychological horror than um, than more straightforward, I guess. It, but we knew who was killing people. It's obviously Chucky, but you know because that's the franchise. But yeah, it was. I, I I found it fun. I was happy with what I saw. I just nice. want more. Um, next, I cracked open my box set of. Uh, I don't know who put. The, oh, Universal put it out. There's a Hammer Horror Eight Film Collection, and um, I, I finally cracked it open in the spirit of you know Halloween. And I watched Brides of Dracula, which uh, Peter Cushing plays. Uh, Dr. Van Helsing. I don't know how many of these movies he's played Dr. Van Helsing, but I don't even know. 300. Like, I don't even like know if these are all connected at all, but, um, but I don't know. But, it, but I, I, you know, I love these flicks. I love the, the atmosphere that they, that they bring. Um, I can't even remember the, the plot. I'm horrible, but, um, Anyway, this is a lot of fun to watch. But, uh, <laughs> I love I it. Thinking, like, Don't know what it's about. I, well, love it. This, this woman shows up in Transylvania and she thinks she's at just some retreat. And Van Helsing shows she's a up. Teacher. And the Baron turns out to she's be teacher. Baron Meister. Turns out to be a vampire, and uh, Van mm-hmm. Helsing is trying to destroy him. Um, you know, all these movies. You know, it all kind of runs runs the same. And, but um, but I don't know. So I'm excited to kind of dive into the, to the rest of this uh, this collection. There's uh, Curse of the Werewolf on here, Night Creatures, uh, Family Opera, and uh, the Evil of Frankenstein, stuff like that. So I want to watch all these. Isn't um, the uh, Frankenstein uh, monster from Hell on there? 
Uh, not on here. Frankenstein and the Frankenstein and the monster from hell. I don't think on here. Oh, but there's another hammer set coming out by, um, Oh, what's that? That, that UK company starts with an I they're doing these box sets. Oh, uh, is it interceptor? Not interceptor. Oh, uh, indicator. Indicator. Yeah, indicator. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it's on there, but I'm trying to like you know gather as many hammer horror things collections as possible because I really want to watch those. I'm in search of like there's this there's this one vampire movie I saw as a kid at my grandpa's house. I've been trying to search it down, and I only have like one scene in my head where like. Either Van Helsing or somebody is in some cavern, like beneath Dracula's castle or some or some vampire. I'm, I'm assuming Dracula and like the brides of uh, of Dracula are coming out of their coffins and they're wearing all white and he's like stabbing them in the heart. And I'm like, that like sounds like every single Dracula movie, but I can't of Dracula. Found that scene yet. So I don't know if it's a hammer scene or or what. It's called Horror of Dracula. It's directed by Terrence Fisher, the same guy is that, that directed. Is that Horror of Dracula? Yeah, so the movie, yeah, dude, Terrence, Terrence, Terrence Fisher, like, directed, like, every fucking yeah. movie in the world. Yeah, the vast He directed vast. fucking <laughs> Phantom, he directed Curse the Werewolf, he directed Jekyll and Hyde, The Mummy, The Gorgon, you know, Frankenstein yeah. Created Woman, the fucking, uh, what's that Christopher Lee movie where, um, this devil, uh, devil rides out, like, the dude, like he from like in the sixties, he directed like every Hammer movie ever. But yeah, I think you're talking about Horror of Dracula. That's got to be it, man. I'm looking at some pictures here. Okay, so one of these days I'll I'll track that down and finally uh and finally watch it. Because I, I was hoping that like this one, I was like I was. Hoping it's on Voodoo, I think, on HD. Yeah, uh, dude, that's got yeah, it's got Christopher Lee and fucking Peter oh Cushing. Oh my god! Oh my yeah. god! Speaking of Dracula, I watched Dracula Untold. It's a movie. God, you know hey, that's my that's ball. my review. Hey, I know I stole it. I like Dracula Untold. <laughs> it's 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 fun, but it's not. I mean, it's not. I don't know. I don't know what it is trying to be. Like it needs to be like R R rated. Like this PG thirteen vampire crap needs to stop. Like it needs to be ripping people's heads off. Whoa, you know stuff like that. There, blood needs to flow. I know oh. you're a king of Dracula's all of a sudden. But, uh, Look at you. But Luke Evans, Luke Evans is, is good in whatever he's in. But uh, yes, you know, yes. I watched, I watched that. Uh, I think that's all I got for now. And now it is time for the news with Josh Obershaw. Josh, what's up, man? Hey, it's been a long time. What's going on? It has. Yes. Yep. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> oh, sure. Well, I hope everybody had a uh, great October and a great Halloween. Yes. The year's almost over, my friend. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. We're already getting news on stuff that's going to be coming out in the early part of 2018. And uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. Awesome. What do we got? So. All right, so the latest thing that I saw was that Umbrella Entertainment are releasing a Blu-ray of Stephen King's Silver Bullet. That one's coming out sometime in January. And don't worry, it is going to be all region. So, yay, Silver Bullet. I've, it's been a while since I've seen that one. Next up, uh, 
for those of you who don't have any of the Psycho movies on Blu-ray, but I'm pretty sure you do, but Universal is still putting out a complete four-movie collection of all four Psycho movies. With the exception of the original film, the, the sequels are bare bones, but that one's coming out on November 14th. 88 Films is putting out a Blu-ray of the Toolbox Murder. Excuse me. That was coming out on November 20th. Now, coming from WellGo USA, they're releasing Better Watch Out on December 5th. And they've also acquired a 4K restoration of Ichi the Killer, and it's going to be playing in select theaters beginning November 10th. Now you have my attention. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's, that is a, uh, that's a wild one. Yeah. Between that, that and Old Boy. I remember there was a DVD release of Itchy the Killer that was like the case. It was like bloody. It was like a squishy blood bag type thing. And I always thought that was so cool, but I, I thought it was so impractical too. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay. Oh, this was one I'm excited about. Mill Creek are going to be putting out. Okay. First news item for the new year. <laughs> Your the hunter from the future yes. coming out on January sixteenth. <laughs> I freaking love this movie. It's so awful, but it's so awesome at the same time. And okay, moving right along, Lionsgate they're releasing the long delayed Amityville: The Awakening on November fourteenth, and in February, February nineteenth, they're going to be releasing Leatherface. Now let's move on to Scorpion releasing. They signed a uh, distribution deal. I, I don't remember the company offhand. Oh, Doppelganger releasing. That's what they're called. So they're going to be putting out Scorpion releasing's opera, Dario Argento's opera, sometime before the end of the year. And for the first quarter of 2018, they're going to be releasing The Church and The Sect. And they've also got... A limited edition Blu-ray of 1980's Death Ship, and that's coming out in December. Which is already on, or was on a Blu-ray, which I believe is out of print. Oh, is it? Okay, no wonder. Oh, man, who... I'm trying to think who put that out. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember either. Well, it is November. It's getting close to the end of the year. It's almost time for the holiday shopping season, which means that our sponsor, Vinegar Syndrome, is having their annual Black Friday sale, which takes place November 24th through the 27th. Now, they're not going to be taking any pre-orders for this uh, slate, but it's going to be available that weekend, and the items will ship out immediately after the sale is done. What are they going to be putting out? Well, they're going to be putting out their limited edition of Liquid Sky, which I'm, I've heard about for years, and I can't wait to finally see that thing. They're going to be putting out their second release in their Sexploitation series, which is called Pickup. They've also got a combo pack of Andy Mulligan's Seeds and Vapors. That's going to be you know, a double, double feature. And also the usual Picarama DVD. The titles are Nasty Nurses and Let's Talk Sex. And in addition to those, they also have two secret horror Blu-rays. Hmm. So, start guessing. So yeah, the Black Friday, <laughs> Black Friday sale, November 24th to the 27th. And also, I got one more little news item regarding Vinegar Syndrome. We know for sure that they're going to be releasing Penitentiary in January. 
Very nice. See, what else I got? Oh, yes. During the time off, Arrow Video announced their January slate. It's not anything to write home about. Their U.S.-only releases are going to be standard editions of Reanimator and The Hells Have Eyes. For the U.K. only, they're going to be putting out a standard edition of Dario Gento's Phenomena and also the movie Hounds of Love. But for the U.S. and the U.K., they're going to be putting out a limited edition DVD Blu-ray of Dario Argento's The Cat of Nine Tales, which huh. I'm very excited about. I already placed my uh, my pre-order for that one. It's going to look really good next to my limited edition of The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, yes. which I have I have not dived into yet. So that's uh, so that's January for Arrow. And looking around my notes, seeing what else I've got left. Oh, yes, a whole bunch of Scream Factory announcements and updates. Piranha 2, The Spawning, which was supposed to come out on January 30th, has been delayed. There's some rights issues or whatever, but I'm completely bummed out about that. It's okay. It's um, it's not that good a movie. It's best viewed as kind of a curiosity, an early James Cameron curiosity. Um, but it's really not that great unless they can pull together some really fantastic a a, a fantastic documentary about the whole story then it's probably worth you know stressing about but really don't worry about it (laughs) well i i saw it when i was younger i thought it was (laughs) i thought it was pretty gnarly at the time but i'm curious to check it out again i mean of course the first james cameron movie uh produced by the guy that did uh the visitor and Beyond the door. Yeah, well, it was a Roger Corman uh, flick, I believe, wasn't it? Uh, the fr- uh, the original one definitely, but I think um, Piranha Two was the sort of like the Italian, sort of like what ha- Howling Two was. Right. This, you know, the the Howling Two was like produced by crazy Europeans who probably watched the first movie with the sound turned off. <laughs> But uh, also, just a reminder, recently we did, the, you know, the episode, the Paul Nashi episode. Well, the Paul Nashi Collection 2 is coming out November 14th. Can't wait. Now, the new, now the new stuff, let's see, what are we going to start with? Oh, yes, the Collector's Edition of Cyborg. Yes. Starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. That one's coming out on January 30th. 1992's Dance Macabre with Robert England is January 23rd. Eye of the Cat, which makes its home video debut in North America on January 16th. The Collector's Edition of Drag Me to Hell. That one is coming out on February 13th. Also, also The Projected Man comes out on January 30th, same day as Cyborg. But also coming out in February from Screen Factory, we've got The Nightwalker, which comes out on the 20th, Games, which comes out on the 13th, Colossus, The Forbin Project, that one comes out on February 27th. But the one I'm looking forward to, The Gate 2, November 20th. Yes. I never even knew there's a sequel to The Gate. I knew there was. <laughs> I never got a, I never got around to it. <laughs> but I I feel like, you know, we've got Vestrin put out the gate on Blu-ray earlier this year. I think uh, I think I need to give this one a shot. I'm all in. Yeah, but last from not 
last but not least, from Screen Factory, we're getting a collector's edition of Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. That one is scheduled for March of 2018. Yeah, that one I feel like is due. Like, that's a under... I feel like a lot of us know about it, but it's pretty underseen, and it's really damn good, and I totally welcome a collector's edition on that one. Oh, so do I. I mean, I didn't get to see it in 2006. I saw it a few years later, and I was floored by it. Plus, best use of talking heads in a movie, I say, I think. <laughs> yes, agreed. Well, Sean, that's all I've got. All right, Josh, thank you very much. We will, of course, talk to you next time. We'll see you guys next time. Take care. Mondo Macabro flicks. You want to talk about In the Eye of the Hurricane first? Or <laughs> Box with Tails or whatever the fuck it's called? <laughs> what? That, that shit's Valley. called In the Eye of the Fucking Hurricane. Geostorm. Like, I, Geostorm? I, had, I had no idea what this fucking movie was until like I put it in and I was like, oh, this fucking movie. Wait, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Dude, this movie, like, the fucking Blu-rays, Fox with the Velvet Tail or whatever, but this oh, yeah. movie is fucking called In the Eye of the Hurricane, and I was pissed once I put it in, because <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not watching this movie again. Hold on. It's fine. It's fine. It's Hold an on. okay movie. I'm just giving it shit. Hold on. What? I'm so confused right now. Did you just launch into a review of the fox with a velvet tail? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be nicer. It's not a bad movie. But here's the thing is that I've told this story a billion times already. But when I was doing my screenplay, I went through all that shit, all the giallos. And I jumped into this one and I was having a good run. And then I watched this one where the movie's not terrible. But it's not that great either. So, but it's called In the Eye of the Hurricane. I had no idea this Fox of the Velvet Tail bullshit. That's just trying to make it more giallo. Yeah. That shit's called, it has a boring title, In the Eye of the Hurricane, for kind of a more or less boring film. So he's saying it was never called The Fox of the Velvet Tail. No, obviously it was, but I'm saying when I... I, mean, I think for most people, this that's, the movie's called In the Eye of the Hurricane. I'm not familiar gotcha. with the Fox the Vel- Velvet Tail. Even though that sounds more like a Giallo title, like, it, th- like I hate when this movie's classified as a Giallo. I don't think... Uh, I didn't think it was a, G- a Giallo. I, I saw Giallo elements, but I, you know... Well, it's the same thing as Suspiria. Suspiria is classified as a Giallo too, but technically it's really not. It just has influences in the look of a Giallo. Gotcha. Jordy, uh, what are your thoughts on 
for that, the I fox. bet. <laughs> the fox with the Geostorm hurricane thing tail. Yeah, I also saw that it had a third title, like Lusting Lovers or something weird. <laughs> that is so much more accurate no, than any it, of the titles you just said. Right, and it kind of threw me off that it had so many titles. I think I might share Brad's opinion on it. I just think that it was a little... I mean, it was very pretty. Um, I thought that, you know, the lovers frolicking on the beach and stuff, it had like this just like... Spider-Man sequence. Yeah, Spider-Man <laughs> sequence. <laughs> Spider-Man kiss. <laughs> it was so funny. It just, it kind of reminded me of the beach scene from Greece, like that dreamy, like, I don't know, they're about to start singing kind of deal. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I... I guess I'll just say same thing you said. I mean, it was okay. Um, I thought that the ending started to pick up a little bit and then it kind of lost me. Yeah. The last 15, 20 minutes, if I remember correctly, it definitely speeds up. Um, I haven't seen the movie in probably like, you know, seven years or something like that, but it doesn't, it, it picks up because they're like, they're in bed with her and that's kind of when the reveal happens and like, they yeah. Start. yeah, yeah, it gets yeah. it gets a little it gets weird. a bit yeah weird yeah. near the end there with uh, her ne- somewhat maybe being kidnapped apparently, right? But a reaction didn't didn't say that kind of to me. Like I was <laughs> like, you're way too calm. Right. It has the same reaction as in Straw Dogs when the home invasion happens and then they grab her, and it's like, wait a second, why is this okay? Uh-huh. I don't understand. And it's very jarring. It's a very jarring sequence because, you know, the whole setup is like, you know, if I remember correctly, it's like in the beginning, that's when she he tells her or she tells him that there's somebody else. And then it gets into like, you know, they paint pottery and shit and they do they do a little bit of kissy face and it becomes like this romantic comedy. And then, or I guess not so much a comedy, but just kind of, you know, it, it it never fully, like, it never goes all the way with what it wants to be. Like, right. it's not sleazy enough. It's not, you know, um, kind of mysterious enough. It's it's one of these, it feels like one of the just, like, normal, like, Spanish-Italian love stories that were just kind of necessarily boring i mean it's well made but um yeah not for me i just bring everybody down great wow <laughs> hey, i agree with you stephanie you're so, uh, your thoughts okay if well, let's say you want to go with calling it a giallo you have your ones that are more traditional that uh really lean onto the mystery aspect and then you have ones that uh, lean more onto the gore, that are more bloody and traditional horror. This one leans as far away from those as possible into the melodrama. Uh-huh. This is a straight soap opera. Yes. So I think yeah. maybe you like the the show Dark Shadows. This would probably be really <laughs> enjoyable. Like, um, <laughs> it's it's very gentle. It's a very gentle, lovely movie with you know some. <laughs> murder elements to it and yeah like you bring in like this kind of terrible emotional manipulation and um 
yeah, like kind of old school soap opera, like, oh, well, I guess that's my fate. I'll just accept it. And you're like, no, don't do that. Um, but if you have a fetish, and I'm not here to judge anyone for uh, women's midriffs and long, loving, like, 360 shots around them, this is your movie. No comment. <laughs> There's plenty of that. Um, yeah, the so 360 I, shot of the midriff is pretty pretty funny. <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I think I echo all the sentiments here myself. Um I was kind of hoping for more of a of a of a mystery and they they tried it they try with the mystery elements of you know, who a possible killer could be. You know, you kind of have three men in her life that you're kind of maybe should be guessing, you know, like who 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 would be placing her life in danger but but yeah this thing got uh got long long in the tooth uh for me as well but uh it looks good for sure yeah yeah it's beautiful great some great cinematography uh director oh, like, is uh there's a dance club scene right yeah i remember i remember yes. that being i remember that being okay <laughs> it's pretty funny well the one guy starts like He's like, this is uh, my club or whatever, and or I come here a lot, or you guys can hang out in this room. And he just pours himself a glass of wine, takes a drink, and just chucks the glass like in back of him and just shatters. Yes. I don't just like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why would you ever do that? That was never appropriate behavior. Oh, you're one to talk. You would do that. <laughs> <laughs> We've heard the stories about you. Yeah, I get crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's stuff like that, that that's pretty, uh, pretty funny, but, and then there's one time when he, uh, the guy, the guy with the mustache, I forget his name. I don't remember anybody's names in the, in, in this film, but, um, he like takes off his shirt and he has scars and, and she kind of starts like names massaging his scars and she's weirdly like turned on by the scars. That was pretty weird, uh, <laughs> pretty weird scene there. But the director is Jose Maria Forqua. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know who, I don't know who he is. I don't um, know that name. Yeah, they, the, the the back of the box says he later made the controversial Beyond Erotica. I've never heard of that oh. either. But uh, don't know if anyone's heard of Beyond Erotica. Great title. Mm, no, no, nope, don't know it. Okay. All right. All right. Well. Looks like this one's more of a miss for all of us. Uh, if you're a diehard collector of kind of these, you know, Spanish Italian type flicks, uh, with possible giallo elements and 360 midriff shots and upside down Spider-Man kissing, sounds like this could be the film for you. I think we just talked people into it, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those, if, if you're curious and it's streaming somewhere, like I would definitely say check it out. It's hard to kind of, you know, Tell people like go, you know, you know, spend twenty bucks and buy this Blu-ray. Um, well, but, once I settled into it, I I enjoyed it. Yeah. I kind of I was like, okay, this is the way the world's going. All right. Make sure you get <laughs> for some, people uh, that watch get some J&B. What? Sure room temp- get some J and B. Make sure it's room temperature, and oh. uh, you know, make stuff at home and watch this film. All these movies have like there's a J and B bottle nearby. I, I think I think for Mondo Macabro fans that know what they're kind of getting into, they will. Did you just kick your dog? <laughs> no, I said <laughs> um, they're fighting. Like I have both dogs just wrestling at my feet right now. It's fantastic. But Glamour I think life, um, a podcaster, everybody. 
with with people that are familiar with Mondo Macabro's line, I believe that people will be into it. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Just just because of like their history and the, their films that they put out, I mean, you kind of know what you're going to get. Um, I think if going in blind thinking this might be like a horror film or something, mm-hmm. you might be a little pissed off. But I think um, you know, or especially thinking it might be a giallo. But uh, it's just it's just a very standard movie. Um, did anyone watch the so sweet so perverse documentary on it? No, no, because that's pretty interesting. It's a a profile on a bunch of actresses uh, from the Euro sexploitation era talking about what it was like. And that was really interesting. Um, That's definitely worth checking out. That's a great extra. And there's a commentary that I haven't gotten to yet, but that documentary is awesome. um, How long is the documentary? Is it a feature length documentary? No, it's for it's fairly short. Forty five minutes, thirty minutes. What's what's the? Wow, twenty fucking stuff. Questions. Fifteen. <laughs> um. Why don't you watch it, Sean? Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful. It, uh, disc. it needs okay. to be feature length for me to watch it. Um, because you know, twenty minutes. That's just like a featurette, and I don't have time for that. I'm kidding. Of course, I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> wow. All right. Moving along. Sounds like we're done with the fox yeah. with a velvet tail. So we need to spend all the time on Spider. The eye of the hurricane. <laughs> Let's talk about Spider Man. Right. No. Stop, oh. Sean. You're, <laughs> it's dude, a good transition. Your dad jokes are not working right now. We were just talking about <laughs> Spider Man and the upside down kiss. So I was thinking about I was legit thinking about Spider Man. Um all right, yes. Let's talk about a macabre and sensual tale of sexual awakening. Spider. Has anybody here seen Spider? Spider, he's a friend of mine. Well, he took my car and my money, and he's gone. Oh, yeah, well, he's gone. Gone away from him. Well, I don't even want to talk about it now after that fucking intro. (laughs) That says subconscious sexual desires are closely linked. Can you just let somebody else do it? Like, (laughs) Yes, I'm going to turn it over to whoever wants to introduce this movie. uh, Go for it because I will definitely mess this thing up. I think think Steph could because she totally talked... Because you talked me into... Because this is a film that I did not know... I, I didn't know anything about. And um, I text Steph and I said, hey, what, you know, what's this like, you know, and she like to I forget what you said, but it was basically like a sexual like coming of age weirdo tale. And you totally sold me on it. So so it's kind of like Labyrinth. Uh, Stop, Sean. Jesus. Okay, I I found I found the text. They said it's interesting, very arty and unique cheesecloth over the lens nightmare imagery crammed in with coming of age sexuality. Wow. Um, (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Yeah, this movie really came out of nowhere, at least uh, for me and probably a lot of people. It's a Latvian uh, slash Russian production. And, you know, especially if you watch art films, you 
you could probably find films you can compare it to, but uh, it's just, it hits everything. It has the horror imagery. It's so beautiful. It's intoxicating. It kind of takes multiple threads and slowly pulls you in and you're wrapped up in the web. And I feel like an idiot explaining to it, but it really, I, I almost felt like I was in a waking dream and I was watching it. It was caught me completely off guard. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It, it came out of nowhere. And afterwards I still didn't fully know what happened except I loved it. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those very uh, dream esque movies where, you know, sometimes the filmmaker is free to kind of do like almost like kind of David Lynch, where David Lynch can at this point in his life do whatever he wants, and people are still going to dig it because we kind of like that nightmarish dream stuff, and that's very much I feel where Spider goes is goes to just kind of the visually stunning nightmare uh, sequences. I mean, not, I don't want to spoil anything, but I mean, we really do have a scene where a giant spider that's not animated or claymation is fucking a girl. Very galaxy of terror. (laughs) No, it's not because (laughs) galaxy of terror is a terrible movie. Like this is extremely. Yeah. Galaxy of Terror is a terrible movie. Um, This movie is like very complicated. Galaxy of Terror direct that scene directed uh, in the like says directed by like David Lynch instead of James Cameron. God, stop! (laughs) It's this is a very different movie on paper than it is when you play it. Like we could probably tell you everything that happens in this movie beat by beat, Mm -hmm. and we wouldn't spoil it for you. Because yeah, it's, it's just, so tied up in visuals, there's just no way to translate it. Yeah, and it's like, like I said, it's very, it's very nightmarish, and that, that's what I really liked about it. Was you know, I, I, I feel this is something that you could watch a couple times and still notice different things and feel different things um, because it's very, it's very overwhelming. At, at first, when, when I when I because I had no idea what it was, I had no idea what it was about. I just put it in, and I was already in the beginning. I was um, I didn't know, I, like I felt nervous. I guess I could say is like the little girl like takes like she doesn't get naked, but she takes off like that robe, and then she like heads into this like misty fog thing that's happening with these people surrounding it. And then, you know, it's, it's our lead character named Vita. She like wakes up and then it starts into this, um, weird universe that she, that she's in where, you know, it's, it's so hard to explain. She gets, she gets, Mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily hired, but she gets asked to, be used as a model for Virgin Mary by this, by her pastor. Um, and she goes in and, and, and I guess models for this creep, creepo painter guy. Albert. Albert's the weird dude. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, um, and that's and kind of where, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the darkness kind of takes form as a swarm of a spider that is kind of representing him 
well, it is representing him, I guess, um, in this sinister way. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not, it doesn't push his limits. It's not like not rapey or anything. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's so bizarre. Jory, you haven't said anything yet. I want to know your take. Yeah. I mean, it was very strange. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I liked it. I definitely did. Um, yeah, you could probably watch this a hundred times and still just find different things that you didn't see the first time. Um, I kind of liked that it was very haunting and creepy, but you didn't really understand what was real and what was kind of her mind coming up with things. Um, I liked that a lot. And I, the spider was really creepy though. (laughs) I would say if you are arachnophobic, you would not like this movie at all. Oh yeah. The spiders, the spiders go a little crazy in this one. It's yeah. It's gross. That, that, that one scene in particular, like the first scene with the spider kind of I was like nope. Are you talking about one where she's looking at that's some really fucking good visuals with the are you talking about with the yeah. painting? Well not the painting, but yeah, the painting was really crazy. I would like to know how they did that. <laughs> like it looks like it was just like they completely hollowed that out and just painted the room black. Because there's one shot where it's from far away and you could tell it's real people standing there. Mm-hmm which was like, I, I still thought it was brilliant though. I was like, Oh my oh, yeah. God. Like it's, it's a, like that. It's not that stupid visual effects where the painting starts to move and then it follows back into like a real painting. Like we're still looking at the painting, but it's live. Like that's yeah. so cool. No, I like that a lot. So the themes of this movie are very like, there's, there's the whole, that whole, you know, there's the sexual awakening thing, but it, I was always trying to think of like the context of where, where this movie was made and what the culture was like. You know, this is a Latvian film because it's very much like a sexual awakening in the midst of like, you know, this creepy painter guy, uh, a, 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 a priest or pastor or whoever who's kind of, uh, think, think, thinks stuff's going on, but doesn't really do enough to really, you know, stop anything. But then there's also the sexual awakening with like someone that she actually starts to possibly care for. Um, and, you know, but there's always this overarching theme of some creepy guy, you know, always, you know, kind of stalking or, or you don't know if they're watching or, or whatever. Like, like I thought that was a, I guess I had, I had problems with like the themes, you know, kind of getting into it because it wasn't like, I don't know. I just thought in in how things are, like the news lately and everything. You know, all this all the stuff in Hollywood and everything. Like it was very on the nose for me, kind of reading the news and then watching this about some some ugly creepy guy, you know, trying to take advantage of this young girl. Did anyone else think that, or, or am I just uh... no? I no, I don't. Uh huh. Who said? Who said what? Seth go. <laughs> oh, um, just. From that, what I I got um, was a little bit of a young girl um, budding into traditional, entrenched, um, mostly religious um, structures around her. And 
all the inherent creepiness that's with these men who have this inherent power because they're older than her or just their place in society. And, you know, she's just discovering the world. And instead of just kind of growing up and discovering herself, she kind of has to crawl through this gross, (laughs) entrenched um, crap because she's desirable. And so it is to me, it's kind of a struggle between uh, youth and like establishment in a very subtle way, a very, very subtle way. Like I that might just be me. But I got a little bit of that uh, just with the religious imagery and the fact that she couldn't ever seem to escape the creepy painter. He was everywhere in her dreams, turning around. She couldn't seem to find help or express it to anyone. It, it was just this um, omnipresent weight on her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anybody yeah. else? Anybody else? <laughs> I um, feel like the priest kind of like represented in a way, like in the creepy painter guy, her internal conflict. Like she's she's not ashamed of what she's doing or anything. Um, but I feel like she's always kind of haunted by this idea that somebody should have control over her sexuality. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I just kind of, I felt like it was, there's very, there's like romance with it when she was with that other guy. I have no idea what his name was. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone you, really, ha- other than her. I yeah. Don't know if, if anyone was really uh, named, the artist's name his name's albert uh, yeah she's Vita. But he's always there and that spider and all of those other creepy imagery it's always there but she's she's just not ashamed i don't know i kind of yeah. i felt like there was like um you know they were the the darkness in her lightness does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. No, I, th- I thought it was very interesting. Like, I didn't enjoy this movie as much as, as you guys did. I mean, I appreciated a lot of the imagery and everything. And um, I, I just think it's one of those maybe, you know, I would have to kind of uh, digest it a little more maybe because there's a lot more going on. But it's I, – I was thinking it was going to be um, a little more um, – it, it, there's a, like there's like a juggling act going on with the actor and, and who, whoever wrote the script because this could be very well like be an exploitation film up up front and I feel like with her she's this beautiful young woman it could have been very exploitative of her and there is a lot of nudity there with her but you know I don't do you guys feel like that was tasteful in a way like well I think her it's kind of like discovering her own sexuality or. It's, yeah, sexual exploration um, as kind of a, you know, well, she is a a young woman. um, And then, you know, what she is fearful of is a spider, uh, spiders. And that's what she sees Albert as, as a, you know, a predator or an insect, something of that nature. Um and but she can't escape it because it surrounds her, which I think could be used in a. I mean, it is kind of creepy, but I think all in all, for the most part, it was done as tasteful as possible. But there are moments where 
it does push the limits. Mm-hmm. But I don't think if it pushed the limits, it wouldn't be as special. And plus, that culture during that time, who knows, like, you know, how how those movies are viewed. Because I remember when we talked about, um, what was the, um, Wild Beasts, you know, where the girl, little girl that's, like, fucking 12 is, like, naked in the beginning. Like, that's totally taboo and very, very wrong. But probably at that, you know, in that time period with Italians, like, that's normal, you know, nude beaches or whatever, so they don't think anything of it. So I don't know if, you know, and plus, she's not portrayed as a younger teenager, right? She's, no, I, I got that she was she's like, like, you know, she's like 18. in her, like, 20s The actress or herself was 18 when she filmed this. Oh, yeah. So I don't think in that aspect it's, like, I think it's tastefully done. I don't know. I yeah, didn't feel um, comfortable watching it. And usually that stuff with like women and especially of the younger age, like that, that kind of like, it doesn't ruin movies for me, but I definitely notice it. And I didn't feel that way in this one, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to find like where everyone went after this film. Like, um, the actress's name, I can't pronounce Arielija. And use oh them. yeah, her. I don't, I don't know. No. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Like, I, I'm like trying to dig around because there's not because this movie kind of came out of nowhere. Um, there's an interview with the the film's director. Did any, did anybody watch that interview? The director's name is yes. Vasily Vasily Mass. Um, what did he have to say uh, about the film? Because I didn't because the, the only thing available is that interview with him. There's no, you know. There's no commentary. There's no, nothing further explanation of where this film Okay. Came from. This is a great interview. Um, and a lot of things you guys brought up came up. Um, yeah, she was just a, a girl. She was like in a theater troupe in a tiny little Latvian village. And they were just seeing a bunch of girls and she came in. Um, and with um, – the sex scenes, the interesting thing he said was like back then um, in that area, like with the ratings board, a lot of films would just put in a, a sex scene or a nude scene that had nothing to do with the movie that they didn't need it in. But it was almost like a little treat just for the censors. Mm-hmm. And so the censors would watch <laughs> and enjoy it. And they'd be like, okay, well, we have to cut that out. You understand. It was almost like greasing their palms. It was uh-huh. a really strange system. And he said, with us, we had a little more <laughs> problems because the nude scenes and the sexual scenes were part of the narrative. We really cared about those scenes. We weren't trying to be exploitative. We those scenes are really important and we couldn't just have them cut out. So they had to be a lot more delicate in this really weird rating system. I just thought that was so interesting. Um, no, the interview um, <laughs> is great. It's probably one of the best directors interviews um, I've ever heard just cause I'm so unfamiliar with that culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've ever seen um, a Latvian film in my life before this. And just hearing how different everything was done and how passionate everyone was. And he was so proud of what they accomplished with, like, no budget. Because mm-hmm. they were just allowed to be super imaginative. Um, yeah, it was great. I mean, yeah, for the budget, this thing, I don't even know what the budget was. I mean, it looks good. Like, even that's the, that spider stuff. I mean, it's it's 
it is unnerving. Like, there's the giant spider stuff. There's, like, some weird tentacle stuff as well that is uh, just creepy. It's just creepy, and it's, and it's really well realized. Like, you never... Like, we were talking about Rawhead Rex earlier, right? Well, that's a bad prosthetic, you know, type costume, right? Like, this, like, they did it... I don't know, he had enough sense to really film this to look good and to give, you know, to really give the uh, uh, the feeling of what you're watching as being unsettling instead of noticing, like, the cracks and the, you know, and, and any bad effects. Like, it does come, out, come across. I mean... It's pretty amazing what they were able to do. What, what was the budget on this thing? Was it? Uh... I don't. Think I don't think. Unless they said in the interview. No, no it really wasn't explicit. Uh, yeah. He he just mentioned we worked with a lot of enthusiasts. <laughs> so Latvia is above Lithuania uh, and next to the Soviet Union. So it's a small little country. Screaming uh, class. Little 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 <laughs> geography right below Estonia. So all of you exact know exactly where that's at. Thank you for the geography lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's beautiful. I would love to go there someday. Yeah, there's um castles. I haven't seen too many um Latvian films. There is a, a horror film that's quite good called um The Man in the Orange Jacket. That's uh, pretty good. Um, I'm trying to think of something. Wasn't there a, a what is here? Yeah, you keep talking. I think there's another one. Oh well, this is the only film that that director directed. Uh, he was a production designer before then, and then uh, he didn't really do anything after that. Well, he talked about now him and his wife. They became interior designers, and now oh. they do architecture. That makes oh. sense. Yeah, no, he said he's like it's actually connected. You know, we um, <laughs> we 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 build like um, outside scapes indoors, and we try to be oh, very wow. creative about it. And probably it's probably a better industry for that in Latvia than film, I would imagine. <laughs> you mentioned they made good money, and his house seemed nice. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Well, I mean, uh, this is a surprise for me. Like, uh, it's one of those I need to give it. I don't up, think you know. anybody's seen this shit. No, I mean, this so. thing is this thing is definitely it's worth it's worth being discovered for sure. And um, you know that that alone is uh, is valuable, I think, because I've never seen it. There's things in, in this movie that I I you know messing around about uh, whatever. What, what, you know that other movie I was talking about. Um, I can't think right now. Yeah, you're doing a really good job, dude. I got two dogs freaking wrestling right in back of me. It's the most distracting thing in the world. So this movie came out in 1991. Did that feel like 1991? No, it felt much older. Yeah, I was thinking like 88, maybe would be the you know 87. The it here here's it because I compared it to something else in the very beginning because of um, it had now I don't want to turn people away from this movie this is just something that I noticed it's very full moonish as in the sense of kind of the mystery and kind of the 
I, I always say carnival mystery when I talk about full moon movies because there's this weird like circus vibe like in full moon movies. And that's what it kind of felt like. So it felt very 90s to me. Like Charles okay. Band saw this movie and said, yes, Castle I want to base freak. every film <laughs> around, that I do around this movie. That's kind of what it felt like to me. Like it's, this is it's head and shoulders above anything. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, it's that, fucking that, full moon. Like it's rip off of everything. But um, yeah, it's but it does have kind of that. I, I don't know what to call it. I call it circus horror because they have like <laughs> that weird music and kind of this hazy uh, look to them. And that's what I kind of relate that to. But it's really well done, but it's nothing like a full moon movie. But that's, you know, the vibe that I that, that I get while watching kind of that cinematography wise what it looks like. I I hope I didn't talk anybody out of watching Spider. <laughs> I mean, I the it, yeah. like the era when they were renting out castles for all their movies. Oh, like that era for a full moon. It was kind of like during like fairy tale, like the Charles Vance fairy tale. And um, what's the movie where it's a beauty and the beast ripoff Meridian. Oh, okay. Kind of like the fairy tale and Meridian type thing when he was trying to really do fantasy, not like fucking demonic toys or something, but like more or less his like straightforward fantasy films. That's what this kind of felt like in that sense. But anyways, I mean, if I hadn't seen this movie, I would be interested in it now. I'm just saying. (laughs) Did all of you come into this like completely blind? I didn't watch. I didn't read about it. I didn't. All I saw was like the poster. I knew that they're going to be releasing it. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it at all. I've never even heard of it. The only time I heard of it is when I think Pete mentioned it on our show. Yeah. One of the last shows he was on, he said they were releasing it. So, yeah. Right on. All right. Um, before we go, I want to make sure we mention because uh, Mondo Macabro has other things on deck, I believe. Did any of you see the Inquisition, the uh, good old Paul Nashi flick? Um, I thought that they put it out. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that. I was going to try to watch it before the show, but I didn't have time. But uh, that's on deck to watch. So they have that that they've they've released. Um. The problem with like their website is it's not really like you never know what's new and what's not. You know what I mean? Yeah, those big cartel sites. Oh, like that code red does. I, like plug, that. I was going to try to plug some releases that they have coming up, but I don't even know what uh, what's. Well, well I, they got I, their I, old um, releases. The blood, they got yeah, a lot of, I the love blood spattered bride. I pre-ordered that. I'm release. excited. Uh, Bloody Friday was sold out. Damn it. So anyway, check out their just site. Going, just going through their yeah. site one one. It's mondomacabro.bigcartel.com. But uh, some of my favorites from them have been The uh, the Fan and A Lizard in a Woman's Skin. Probably two of my uh, my, my favorite releases of theirs. And uh, anyway, I still need to watch The Slave. 
by the way. Yeah, the, the slate's all right, but I would suggest uh, Medusa, which is really, really fucking good. Um, I would suggest Seven Women. Uh, was it Seven Women for Satan? That's really good. And those are Mystics in Bali, which is the mo- one of the most batshit crazy fucking movies you'll ever see in your entire life. Um, one of my favorites, one of the very first Mondo Macabro movies I bought probably about 15 years ago was uh, Lady Terminator on DVD, and it still remains uh, a personal favorite of mine. So yeah, they, they have some, like, if you dig deep in their old catalog and shit, they've got some really killer movies. And, it, you know, they always looked outside of kind of like the normal genres, you know, or kind of the normality of genres like horror. Like, I think the only straightforward slasher they've ever done is Don't Open Till Christmas. But everything else, like, horror-wise is, you know, equivalent to, like, something like Spider, where it's, you know, it's it's not... There's certain aspects about the film that are great. You know, it might not be a perfect movie, but, you know, there's something special about the films that they um, go after and release. Or they're just batshit fucking insane. Yeah. So that works too. Very nice. All right. Does anyone have anything else to say about these films before we uh, close down the show? No. No. All righty. All right. uh, Jordy, where can people find you online? And, uh, um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. It's at Jordy Vix, V-I-X. Awesome. That's pretty much my username everywhere. So, yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. Very cool. All right. Um, you can find Brad and myself through thescreamcast.com. Uh, there's the uh, you know social media links. Find us through there. And uh, Stephanie, where can people find you? I am Scrawfish on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Uh, like I said, you can go to thescreamcast.com and read. We have some articles up there. Um, B. Germain has been freaking rocking it as well as, uh, uh oh, 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 uh, didn't, uh, Derek Smith, did he just release, put an article up there? Yeah, right? he did. He did one too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my internet all of a sudden is just cutting out and I can't even freaking find it. I thought that it did. I can't, I can't freaking, I can't they find can't. the article. <laughs> I like how you say frickin' like you're frickin'. afraid to say fuck. <laughs> it's like that video um, of that little kid that he's doing some rant. He's like, I'm so frickin' mad. He just keeps saying frickin'. That's what you well, sound I, like. No, friggin' give a heck. I thought that he put a, an article up, but I can't seem to find it unless he put it up under some other site. But I, sw- I could have sworn he put a site up. Not that our website isn't easy to navigate, everybody. Don't get that idea. Well, it, it, it should really be. Um, the most recent article should be up there, but anyway, whatever. I'll look into it. I'm, you know, I'm messing with the site format. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> but um, anyway, I got to mention our sponsors. Please, when you're looking to buy some flicks, go to grindhousevideo.com, and Mike will take care of you over there. Um, also, Coffee Shop of Horrors. Please check them out. If you use the code Screamcast, you get ten percent off of your order and uh they have a stranger things themed coffee they got some uh really good stuff i'm due to place an order um but uh their waffles and syrup stranger brew is uh pretty damn good also another favorite is 
Carmel Scream. Or no, Carmel, yeah, Carmel Scream. Um, music by Wolfman of Mars. They've been releasing music pretty steadily, so check out their music over at their Bandcamp, uh, wolfmanofmars.bandcamp.com. Also, art by Kevin Spencer. Find his work over at inkspatters.com. And uh, let's see, who else? Oh, yeah. Uh, shout out to Maintain. Uh, to click their banner on our sponsors page, uh, if you're a, if you, if you host some websites and you feel like you need some extra, uh, security, check them out. Um, all right. And also the, uh, pumpkin duddy pins are going to be shipping soon. When we get done here, I'll be printing up a list for Brad to start sending shit out. Um, if you've ordered any other pins, they'll be shipped out as well. Thank you guys for being patient with all that. And uh, there is still some more pins up there. I believe, um, I believe our, uh, oily pin, oily pin is just about sold out. I got to talk to you about that, Brad, because I need to make sure I get one. Um, uh, yeah, so that's going to do it. I want to thank all of you guys for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye bye. Yeah, it wasn't super awkward at all. Oh, don't tell me you're leaving. The party's just begun. Oh.